We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to another edition of the Rotowire NBA podcast presented as always by WinBet. We have a guest on the pod today, Joe Fan of WinBet, part of the Bet to Win podcast on the Blue Wire Network. Uh, Joe dropped by to talk some NBA futures bets, uh, as well as reminisce for a little bit about the Seattle Supersonics. Just a heads up, we did talk about both Robert Swift and Sayer Sene, so just something to be aware of if you have sensitive ears or you're sensitive about that era uh, of Seattle Supersonics basketball. Just don't want to catch anybody off guard. Uh, but it was a great time chatting with Joe. I've uh, been trying to get him on the pod for a few weeks now and really glad that this ended up working out. Uh, he has a ton of thoughts on the MVP race, Rookie of the Year, uh, NBA title odds, Coach of the Year, you name it. Uh, if there's a futures bet out there at the WinBet Sportsbook, we broke it down. So uh, I think you guys will really enjoy this episode. And without further ado, let's get to Joe Fan. In the hands of Waiters, three seconds left for three in the win. family of shows along with the Rotowire podcast network. Uh, Joe, this has been in the, in the works uh, for a couple of weeks here. Happy to finally get you on the pod uh, prior to Thanksgiving. Looking forward to digging into these NBA futures, uh, taking a look, of course, at the WinBet Sportsbook. Uh, but first and foremost, I know you're a Seattle native, uh, a lot of ties to that area. I, I assume, uh, based on your Twitter feed, that you are a Seahawks fan. Please explain to me what is going on with the 3-7 and seven Seattle Seahawks. And if there's any way that this franchise can refund some of the money I've lost betting on the Seahawks each of these last two weeks. Oh, man. Well, first of all, I appreciate the invite. I'm glad we were able to make this happen. Like you said, uh, excited to talk hoops with you. I feel like for the most part, we just talk basketball or uh, talk football. So uh, I'm kind of a hoop head myself and uh, looking forward to the conversation. The Seahawks are a mess right now, though. Uh, to answer your question, um, it's comprehensive. The defense is bad. The offense is broken. Um and this thing is going downhill quickly. And I, I'm with you. I, I, I tweeted out, you know, you, they either cover three or you cancel the franchise. There's no in between. And they, they lost badly yesterday. They, they got 
they got blown out on Sunday. If Matt Prater makes his kicks, um, they get blown out to the Colt McCoy-led Cardinals and have now mm-hmm. lost to a Colt McCoy-led team for a, uh, a second straight season, last year being the Giants. So it's been ugly, uh, and it's it's only seemingly going to get worse and, and, and going into what will be a very, very dramatic uh, and interesting offseason as things might change, as this era uh, could come to an end. Uh, well, I saw a video that was shared on Twitter in which you used the word gutless to describe that game yesterday. And I, I think the play calling in the first half especially was so ridiculously conservative. And it was so clear that it wasn't working and they just kept sticking with it. Um, I, I don't I don't know if Russ still isn't 100%. I think that's probably pretty likely. Uh, but still, it feels like every time Seattle's been in a situation like this, and granted, it has never been this dire uh, in the, the Carol Wilson era, but it always feels like just when you're ready to write them off, you know, in any individual year, they'll rip off three straight wins. And it, it's kind of jarring to see what's happened these last two weeks, especially. Like I, I thought they were going to go into Lambeau. I thought they were going to catch the Packers off guard. Uh, I did not see them, you know, failing to score and really not even getting all that close for most of that game. And then, like you mentioned, uh, taking a loss to to a Colt McCoy-led Cardinals team without DeAndre Hopkins, uh, that 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 might be rock bottom. I hate to say it. Yeah, it's, it's terrible. It is rock bottom. And, um, you know, I don't really have a, a good answer for you in terms of like mm-hmm. why or what. I mean, this, it's an offense that continues to have no sort of rhythm and timing. There's no short intermediate passing game. It's, it's you know, it's chunk play. It's explosive or bust. And that's just no way to operate. No, it is not. Um, I, I'm a Jaguars fan, full disclosure. So it's not like I have any leg to stand on here whatsoever. And, and you know, you guys walked all over the Jags with Geno Smith at the helm. Uh, so I feel like I should at least get that on the record. Uh, but but sticking with the Seattle theme, um, you, know, you mentioned via email. Uh, obviously, you grew up in the Seattle area. I, I've always kind of wondered what happens, you know, when a team leaves a city. And, and I assume this is a bit of a sore subject. Uh, I wouldn't expect you to necessarily follow the team to OKC and, you know, become a diehard Thunder fan. But like that, that fandom has to go somewhere. Right. So I understand if you dislike the Thunder, but have you picked up like a secondary team over these last 15 years or so? Uh, whoever's playing the Thunder in the playoffs is my second team. <laughs> uh, really, I haven't. No, I, I can't just like pick up a team. If I didn't grow up with them, I can't just like yeah. kind of dive into a fan base. I mean, I lived in the Bay Area for four and a half years covering the Niners. I really okay. enjoy the Warriors. I, I would say I love Steph. I love Clay. I'm a big Draymond fan. I really enjoy Steve Kerr. But I don't, you know, they won. I feel like damn, they won a championship every year I was in the Bay Area. Um, but I'm not claiming those as my own or, you know, pulling for them. Sure. Especially when they played the thunder in the Western conference finals, that game, I was screaming at the TV or that series I was. Um, but no, I don't really have, I just, am so eager for at some point, you know, the NBA is just sore subject for me. Cause one, the, the Sonics obviously move, which is heartbreaking, but then, you know, people forget that the Maloof sold to Chris Hansen and Steve Ballmer and the Kings were coming to Seattle and, um, mm-hmm. Kevin Johnson, uh, the white knight for Sacramento and, and and David Stern and the rest of the league really working to keep uh, the Kings in Sacramento. You're just, you're just why, where was that effort to keep the Sonics and their <laughs> 40 years of history in Seattle at the time, the only male professional sports championship in the city leaving mm-hmm. town. Uh, it was brutal and it continues to be a, a big source of frustration for me because again, I, I love the NBA. I love hoops. But it's just different for me. I, I just I have a hard time, you know, sort of maybe some bets here and there to really follow regular season basketball because there's just no emotional tie to it. So 
hopefully the Sonics mm-hmm. come back someday. I mean, it'll happen eventually. It's not an if thing, but a win thing. But yeah. that win still could be five plus years down the road. If I remember correctly, the city of Seattle still holds the rights to all of like the namesake and everything of the Sonics, right? So a team could move there and they could they could re-become the Sonics. Correct. Yeah, and the colors and all that. Yep. Right. Right. Okay. And that's I feel like that's the way it should be. Uh, last Sonics related question: All time favorite Sonics player? Ray Allen. Um, I grew okay. up in the '90s, but um, I don't have as vivid of memories watching Sean Kemp and Gary Payton as I do mm-hmm. Ray Allen, Richard Lewis. Um, those teams were so much fun and it was just like, it was, it's crazy to think that that was a team that was three ball happy and that they would come nowhere near what teams are doing these days, how much the game has evolved and the emphasis placed on three point shooting. Um, the Sonics, you throw the right Vladimir Rodmanovich into that mix, Luke Ridenauer. Um, they had shooters everywhere. And it was just a blast. I love Ray Allen, man. He's, he's probably my favorite player. Um, gotten to meet him before, which is sweet. So he's my, he's my guy. All right, let's get into some of these NBA futures. Uh, fast forwarding now to the 2021-22 uh, NBA. We'll, we'll start at the top with the title odds. Uh, looking at the WinBet Sportsbook right now, the Brooklyn Nets plus 275. You got the Warriors all the way up now at 5-1. to one. Milwaukee sits at plus 750. You got the Lakers still hanging on at eight to one, uh, and then kind of a slew of teams in that ten to one to twenty to one range. Uh, starting at the top with Brooklyn, uh, they've looked good, not great. You know, it's been a slow start for James Harden. I think Durant's looked looked fine uh, by by Kevin Durant standards. Um, obviously, you know, the the odds to begin the year, I think we're expecting that we'd see uh, at least some semblance of Kyrie Irving, which of course has not happened yet. But uh, there's still a gap right now between Brooklyn and a team like Golden State, which has objectively been the better team in terms of on court results so far. Uh, but of course, the Nets have Kevin Durant and have James Harden, and that's certainly worth something. In your mind, does Brooklyn still deserve to be a, a relatively heavy favorite compared to teams like Golden State and Milwaukee? No, they don't. Not in my opinion. But here's the reason why: is you know, if the if the books raise this value more, let's say it went to plus five hundred or more, mm-hmm. you're going to get so much money coming in on that ticket. There'd be so much liability on the Nets, that if, if Kyrie Irving is to ever, I mean, this is sort of a hedge that Kyrie Irving could potentially come back at any moment. And it's mm-hmm. possible he doesn't play all year, and it's possible he comes back. But making the, the Nets a value play and dipping that price uh, to get them and get this ticket, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense for Bucks because you're only increasing liability when, yes, a, a team even with just Durant and Harden, you know, even with their, you know, the rest of their core that, is largely unimpressive. I mean, they don't have much of a bench to speak of. They're very thin regardless. And LaMarcus Aldridge is their third leading scorer. He wasn't even in the league the last couple of years. Um, so, no, I don't think they've played well enough to warrant that. But I understand why books are keeping them there. Yeah, I, I think you're spot on with the Kyrie hedge because it, it – we haven't really heard anything about Kyrie. You know, we've been getting the, the like once every couple of weeks cryptic Twitter or Instagram posts, which is kind of par for the course with Kyrie. But at the same time, it would not surprise me if he's just suddenly back. Like, I don't think anything can really be ruled out with Kyrie Irving, whether that would mean him, you know, acquiescing and getting the vaccine or some sort of mandate changing between now and June. And, and even if he were to sit out virtually the entire regular season, like him coming back for round one of the playoffs, if something were to change between now and then, um, I, I think that would be just a massive boon in favor of the Nets, because like you said, I, I, I think on paper coming into the year, 
you know, they, they were clearly the favorite and rightfully so all of a sudden you take Kyrie out of that and all that depth that looked really good when Patty Mills is like your seventh or eighth guy instead of your fourth or fifth guy. Um, all of a sudden you have guys who are playing, you know, 25 to 30 minutes a night when you ideally like them to probably play 15 to 20. Yeah. And that's the thing is it, it, let's say Kyrie Irving comes back tomorrow or a month from now or the playoffs. I don't think you're mm-hmm. going to see the line changed that change all that much, maybe plus 250, maybe even plus 200, but nothing crazy significant because Kyrie's already baked into that price, in my opinion. Right. So I mentioned some of the other teams near the top, Milwaukee, 750, the Lakers, eight to one. You got the Jazz, the Suns, the Heat, uh, the Nuggets, the Clippers, the 76ers, all those teams uh, somewhere between 10 to one and 25 to one. If you're looking at those odds on the WinBet Sportsbook, where do you draw your cutoff right now where you would say every team below this, I don't think has a realistic chance to win the finals? I would say I would cut it off at the Heat at plus 1,400. Okay. and then I would I would skip a handful of teams. I'd skip the Nuggets, Clippers, and Sixers, and potentially throw a lottery ticket down on the Bulls at plus 3,500. Right. I think they're a fun team. I think they're well-coached. We'll talk about Billy Donovan in a moment. But I think we've seen enough now. Now, are they going to end up being the number one seed in the Eastern Conference as they are right now at 12-5? and five? Probably not. But the experiment with Lonzo Ball, DeMar DeRozan, and Zach Levine, shout out to Bothell High School, uh, go Cougs, Zach Levine, Bothell legend. Uh, he's the second most prominent Bothell High School alumni to myself. Um, is uh, it, It's working, and they're defending, and um, I really like this team. They're a ton of fun, and when, when Vucevic gets back, I mean, they're, they're, they're fine right now without him. Caruso's been a, an expert signing. Kobe White's getting back into the fold. But once they get Vucevic back healthy, that's a lot of different guys that can beat you from a lot of different positions. And so now for me, the fact that they are defending and they're in the top half of the league in defensive rating last time I checked, um, I think you have to take them seriously in an Eastern Conference that feels fairly wide open, um, maybe beyond the Bucks and Nets as obvious favorites. But um, I do think the Bulls are, are good enough to give some teams some problems. So at 35 to one, um, that's a lottery ticket I'd consider. Yeah, I've been hesitant to buy in on the Bulls. They've been a ton of fun. They've been a lot better than I expected. They're their top five in pretty much any of the the season long metrics that you look at. I, I like SRS on on Basketball Reference. They're fourth right now in SRS, and there's really five teams that are elite by that metric so far, and that's Golden State, Utah, Miami, Chicago, and Phoenix. And I think based on what we've seen, that that passes the eye test. Chicago is absolutely in that category. You know, looking at the, at these odds, I, I'm surprised they're down at 35 to one. Um, you know, I, I get there are still some depth concerns, I think, especially up front. And we've seen that, you know, with Vucevic going down, this team has very little depth in the front court. Uh, and obviously they've lost Patrick Williams for perhaps the entire regular season. But I, I think Chicago could pretty easily be 20 to 1, 25 to 1. Um, you know, I, the Sixers obviously have some some long term upside. You know, if they do make a, a Ben Simmons trade, maybe they bring back some pieces that fit really well uh, alongside Joel Embiid. But uh, to me, it feels like Chicago is definitely on that same level with Denver, the Clippers, and the Sixers. But, yeah, Nick, also consider this. I mean, how crazy is the NBA trade deadline every year? And so right. if the Bulls are hanging around and they're still the four-seed or better, heck, let's just say as, as long as they're the six-seed or better come the trade deadline, so they're not in the mix or looking to be in the mix for the play-in tournament, how hard is it really to go find somebody whether it's in the front court or you lose somebody in the back court that you think can be a difference maker, maybe that, that extra piece to potentially get you over the hump and make you a real factor in the playoffs. 
teams are always looking to dump salary around the trade deadline in the NBA. So uh, I think, you know, the Patrick Williams loss is significant, but not irreplaceable when you when you consider how lively the, the trade market is really year round, but especially around the deadline in the yeah. NBA. Yeah, the guy for me is Thad Young, who obviously has a history with the Bulls. I think there's a pretty good chance he ends up getting bought out by San Antonio. He was kind of a throw in um, you know, in that sign and trade this offseason. I think he would be kind of the perfect guy who can back up all three front court spots, you know, doesn't really have expectations, can play 10 minutes one night, 28 minutes the next night, still be super effective. And the other thing, Joe, with the Bulls is Kobe White has played. Thaddeus Young games. has been in the league for about 30 years, by the way. He's been in the league a long time, a little too long. <laughs> It is amazing. Him and uh, like, doesn't Iguodala's like him being an all-star with the Sixers seem like lifetimes ago? And that's exactly how I feel about Thaddeus Young and his time with the the Sixers. It's crazy. Sorry, that's just a tangent. But you just you say Thaddeus Young and he's dude's still productive when he gets minutes. I mean, the guy's been averaging double digits for more than a decade. It's it's amazing the the career he's had. Anybody who's listened to this pod knows that it, it is not uh, out of the ordinary for us to go off on a like 2007 NBA draft tangent. Uh, so Daddy Sung was in the same draft class as AC Law, Yi John Leon, Rodney Stuckey, uh, I believe uh, another uh, Washington tie guy went to Eastern Washington, I believe. Uh, Marco Bellinelli, Javaris Crittenton. Uh, yeah, he's he's kind of one of the the lone survivors from that class. That was the the Odin Durant draft class. That's incredible. To consider. Yeah, I mean, then you look at Iguodala, 0405. Right. Goodness. I had that same thought with Drew Holiday recently. Of like, Drew Holiday playing for the Philadelphia 76ers, I mean, yep. that feels like it was 15 years ago. Good call. That's a great call. Robert Swift. Dear God. Oh. Robert Swift was the same draft as Andre Iguodala. Oh, my goodness. That's insane. That was, that is, it was a lifetime ago. All right. I'm sorry. Let's move on. Tangent aside. <laughs> <laughs> all right, now that we got the Robert Swift chatter in, uh, I'm surprised you didn't mention him as an all-time favorite Sonic, by the way. I, I oh. think that was kind of a glaring mission. Anytime you can draft three seven-footers in a row who'd never played a second of American college basketball, you've just got to do it. Uh, without to do thinking, it. was that the – was Sire Sene one of those guys? Sire Sene and Johan Petro, baby. Oh, my goodness. Uh, yep. Yeah. Yep. The, uh, the, the Sene pick, I remember, as a particularly jarring – I think that was the uh, that was a Bargnani draft where everything was just kind of hitting the fan. Mm-hmm. So bad. One pick after Patrick O'Brien. If there's one thing we appreciate here at Rotowire, it's making good decisions, and even more so, making the right decision. I have an incredible offer for you with Rotowire's newest partner, WinBet, the premier digital casino and sportsbook app. WinBet is now the exclusive sponsor for Rotowire's fantasy podcasts. WinBet brings you all the latest action with a user-friendly interface, money line bets, boosted parlays, over-unders, round robins, live betting, and so much more are at your fingertips. Want a break from sports betting? Head into WinBet's digital casino and take a spin on roulette, double down in blackjack, slam the slots, or try your hand at Baccarat. WinBet is currently available in six U.S. states, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia while rapidly expanding nationwide. At WinBet, the possibilities are limitless. WinBet is currently offering all RotoWire listeners a risk-free bet up to $500 on your first wager. All you have to do is download the WinBet app right now. That's WinBet, W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. WinBet, the exclusive partner 
for RotoWire's Fantasy Podcast. The NBA season is underway, and Yahoo is excited to go big on daily fantasy basketball this season. There will be a ton of big prize contests throughout the season on Yahoo, including their multi-entry contests, which are now shark-free. To celebrate Yahoo going big on DFS, as well as Yahoo Daily Fantasy becoming shark-free, Yahoo's giving all users the opportunity to claim a free $10 in site credit. Users can take advantage of this free $10 site credit to join one of Yahoo's biggest contests. Yahoo will have daily NBA contests all season long as well. Play a single game contest of your choice throughout the week. Then join Yahoo's weekly Friday main NBA contest to compete for large cash prizes. Play daily fantasy basketball on Yahoo this season. Visit sports.yahoo.com slash daily fantasy slash welcome to claim that free $10 offer and get started today. The Rotowire NBA podcast is brought to you by Vivid Seats. Preseason basketball has wrapped up and we're ready for the regular season to tip off this week. Live events are making a comeback and there's no better place to be than Vivid Seats to get back into the action. So grab your NBA tickets and cheer on your favorite team from the stands. Man, that feels good to say. Even better, Vivid Seats just launched a new and improved rewards program with free tickets for every single fan. Earn rewards, ticket upgrades, and perks just for shopping with Vivid Seats. If you're looking for tickets to the game, your favorite artist, or that new show that everyone is talking about, Vivid Seats has it all. Visit vividseats.com, that's V-I-V-I-D-S-E-A-T-S, vividseats.com, or download the Vivid Seats app today. Vivid Seats, life happens live. I want, I want to touch on the Lakers real quickly. I, I feel like we're, we're obligated to discuss the now 500 Los Angeles Lakers after a, an inspiring come-from-behind win on the road at Detroit yesterday. I, I still don't know what to make of this team. I just keep coming back to the fact that I, I once witnessed LeBron James bring the 2008 Cavaliers, whose second best player for a lot of that year was Jordan Clarkson, to the NBA Finals. So I, I try not to overreact you know, when, they, when they're down you know, 15 points in the fourth quarter to the Pistons or the Thunder. Um, I, I don't know how long of a leash I want to give this team because they've never had uh, anything to deal with, like integrating Russell Westbrook, especially you know, when it comes time to, to do that during a playoff series. But I, I just feel like as long as LeBron can stay relatively healthy, and unfortunately that's much more of a question mark now than it's ever been, he's earned the benefit of the doubt. It, it, he's done this so many times that I, I'm really not going to freak out if this team is you know, 15 and 15 at the 30 game mark, but at some point, you know, they, they have to show us something. You, you, you have to put together a run of five, 10 games at some point where you start to look like a title contender. And I don't know what it's going to take for them to drop out of like the top five or six in terms of title odds. You know, they're already down to eight to one. But when a team has Anthony Davis and LeBron James and Russell Westbrook, and that team happens to be the Los Angeles Lakers, an extremely public team, um, the odds are only going to fall so far. Yeah, that even if they go on a 10 game losing streak, the odds aren't going to go. I mean, you're not going there. The book is not going to give the public a chance to get LeBron James at an insane value. There's just no way you look at last year. The, the Lakers were very average, struggled to stay healthy all year. They fought their way through uh, a very entertaining play in tournament. And if not for 80s injury, would anyone have been surprised if they beat the Suns last year in the playoffs? Probably not. So I don't even think they have to be, you know, I, I guess I would disagree with you of having to see that run of, okay, this team looks like they can do it because LeBron in the postseason and those superstars in the postseason. Now, 
I'm not a Russell Westbrook fan at all. In fact, he's my least player, least favorite player probably in the NBA. Yeah, same here. Not a not a Westbrook guy, and he's not a guy who rises to the occasion in the playoffs, um, as I feel like we've seen time and again now. But regardless, betting on LeBron in the postseason, no matter what happened during the regular season, is always a safe bet. And you know, with that, again, the 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 move or the odds aren't going to move a whole lot uh, further than eight to one, and. As long as they punch their ticket to the dance, some way, somehow, they're not going to be a team that anyone wants to play in the playoffs. I guarantee you that the Suns last year were like, God, we make the playoffs with a one seed. Right. And now we're playing the Lakers. How does that work? Mm-hmm. Right. And not only do the Lakers probably win that series against Phoenix if AD is healthy, look at where the Suns ended up. I mean, there's a pretty good chance the Lakers follow that same path if their core is healthy. Yeah. Um, and who knows? I don't know if they if they beat Milwaukee, um, but, but they probably – end up getting pretty close to the finals, if not making the finals. Uh, so I think you have to keep that, uh, of course, in the back of your mind. And they still haven't had their full team. You know, we haven't seen any of Kendrick Nunn. Wayne Ellington's only played a handful of games. THT's only been back for a few. Uh, so I, I don't think things are quite as dire uh, as, as it might seem on a night-to-night basis. Looking at the Western Conference odds, and, and you know, you could look at Western Conference title odds on WinBet or just refer, you know, back to the, the overall NBA title odds we were referring to. Outside of Golden State and L.A. at the top, um, and even Utah, just just below the Lakers, they're at plus 450 to win the West. Is there any dark horse contender in the Western Conference who you're keeping an eye on? It just depends what you consider dark horse. I wouldn't yeah. go below the Suns at plus 550. I mean, even the Nuggets, Jokic is unbelievable, but they're such a they're they're a legitimate bad team without him. Yeah. Um, which we'll get to MVP in a moment, but he continues to be, I mean, the reigning MVP is putting on another sensational season. So putting together another sensational, sensational season so far. Um, I think the Suns is as far as I'd go. And the Suns are have a legitimate shot. They've won 12 in a row. And they're so right. balanced in terms of front court and back court scoring. Again, they defend. Everyone has such a defined role there. Uh, do I wish they had a little bit more bench scoring? Yes. Um, but I love Phoenix. Um, I think they're a team that can play and win in different styles and at five to one, why not? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think they're J- JaVale McGee has been a revelation for them, helping them weather the storm without DeAndre Ayton. He's a great backup big. Even Kaminsky's played a bit better. Yeah. He's gotten opportunities. Um, you know, I think keeping Cameron Payne last year's kind of star of the playoffs was huge. Shemette can give you some scoring in a pinch um, in, in spurts anyways when he gets hot. I, I really like this team, um, and I think I, I just wouldn't go any lower than them because I, I just – the Clippers, the Mavs, the Grizzlies are fun, but ultimately limited in my opinion. Yeah. Um, you know, maybe the Grizzlies – I think I would rather have the Grizzlies at 30-1 to 1 than the Mavs or the Clippers or even the Nuggets. So, um but yeah, I, I, the Wolves, the Blazers, get out of here. No, no chance. No. So yeah, I like the Suns. That's kind of where I draw the line. I think you're probably right. Uh, Denver, I'm, I'm about ready to cross off. I, I don't know that we're going to see Michael Porter again this year and, and already down Jamal Murray. And, and I know you probably get him back maybe with 10, 15 games left in the regular season. I, I just think that's going to be too big of a loss to overcome. Uh, and even when they've had those guys healthy the last few years, they've kind of had an artificial ceiling. The Clippers are, are a team I would keep in mind just because of the Kawhi situation. But at the same time, is there a single player in the league who you would trust less to like push back and, and you know return from a torn ACL earlier than expected than Kawhi Leonard? Like, I, I think Kawhi's going to take his time. I'd be very surprised if we see him in the regular season. Now, if he comes back in round one of the playoffs and looks like Kawhi, 
it's a completely different story. And I, I think that's why we still see the Clippers at 10 to one here to win the West. Yeah, it's the same logic of not moving the, the Lakers a yeah. whole lot off plus 800 to win the title. Um, you have to have some safety nets built in to where your liability isn't isn't insane should, you know, or even, you know, the Kyrie situation as well. I mean, all, all those top teams have their very obvious flaws, uh, but the Clippers, Nets, uh, and Lakers are going to still be among the, the betting favorites uh, for good reason, just because of the potential upside and, and, and momentum swing that just one player would provide. So, Joe, you alluded to the MVP odds a little bit ago, and Stephen Curry, unsurprisingly, sits at the top right now on win bet. He's at plus 175. You got KD at five to one, Giannis at six to one, Doncic eight to one, Jokic nine to one. And then you have a pretty big gap down to guys like Embiid, Trey Young, LeBron at 20 to one. So, so as of now, win bet essentially sees it as a five player race. To you, how big is that gap right now between Steph Curry and those other guys, Durant, Giannis, Luka, and, and Jokic? I think it's pretty significant. Uh, I mean, the, the questions that have surrounded Steph in terms of being able to carry a team, um, what he has done so far and what that team has done so far. I love every, every one of their offseason moves to me made a ton of sense. Um, I, I loved getting Otto Porter um, for a guy that can give you a spark again every so often off the bench with some quick scoring bursts. Draymond's playing out of his mind from a defensive standpoint. He's a leader in the clubhouse for defensive player of the year. Yeah, but Steph is he's out of his mind, like I mentioned. I mean, uh, the the efficiency, the overall numbers, uh, the clutch factor, his assists are back up to where they were a couple of years ago. Uh, his rebounds are at a career high. Um, and, uh, you know, his three-point numbers continue to be really impressive. While the percentage isn't necessarily, um, isn't necessarily there uh, to what it has been in the past, he's still averaging five and a half a game. So, mm-hmm. um He's been tremendous. I would take, I think he is the betting favorite for the MVP for a reason. Um, but I mean, it's, it's so, it's such a hard award because you look at the NFL, there's an, um, I guess there's only one MVP there too. I, I was thinking, well, I guess it's uh, baseball where there's an AL and an NL. Right. There's so many players, but have such ridiculous numbers. I mean, you look at Giannis's numbers or Kevin Durant's numbers or heck, I mean, I mentioned Jokic at plus 900. Jokic is uh, averaging the same amount of points as he did last year, and he's added three more rebounds per game. And he's like an afterthought in this conversation. He won the damn award last year. Um, yeah. My kind of dark horse in this is Jimmy Butler at plus 2,000. Um, at 20 to 1, career high 25.1 points per game. He's averaging two steals per game. You know, one of the a real two way player, two way superstar uh, in this league. Um, you know, so there is some value. But if Steph keeps this up, even when Clay returns, and if the Warriors are to run away with the Western Conference in the number one seed, I just don't see how you give it to anybody else. Yeah, I agree with pretty much everything you said there. I think as long as Steph doesn't get hurt, everything is, is moving his way, right? Like the narrative seems to be in favor of Steph. You know, everybody loves this resurgent Warriors team. Um, they're going to get Clay Thompson back. I think that could fuel you know an even better run over the second half. And it, it's hard to imagine Curry's numbers taking a hit even when Thompson is back. I mean, you mentioned the field goal percentage is down a little bit. You know, to me, that's not a sign of regression. It's a sign that it's going to only get better as the season goes on. I mean, this is a guy that's routinely, you know, kind of touched 50% just below from the field, which for a point guard who takes 12 to 13 three-pointers a game is absolutely insane. And he's down at 45% right now. So I think we'll see that number steadily rise. That's an indication to me that he still has some room to go up, uh, despite seemingly what's been like the best start of his career. 
Giannis at six to one to me. I think there's still a little bit of value there. You know, the Bucks have been so banged up. They're still yet to play a game with their full rotation. Uh, and obviously Giannis has been fine. But I think if Milwaukee, if, if they get everybody back, if Lopez is healthy and they go on a run where they win like 17 out of 20 games and Giannis is averaging like 39 and nine over that span, I, I think I could see him making a push. But like I said, the narrative is so strong in, in favor of Curry right now that it, it's really tough to imagine someone else jumping him at this juncture. It's so fun. What I love about the NBA, even more so, you know, this kind of exists in the NFL with, you know, wide receivers or running backs, you know, where it's find a way. The whole defensive game plan is centered around trying to figure out how to mitigate another team's superstar. I mean, teams throw everything at Steph Curry and he still puts up just dizzying numbers and his ability, his, his ability to make difficult shots is just absurd and his ability to create for himself where he only needs the smallest of windows to just absolutely kill you. It's demoralizing. And that's what I love about Steph is that he is such a demoralizing player because it leaves you with this feeling of what on earth are we supposed to do against this guy? Because when he's on, there's nothing you can do. So I'm with you. I mean, Giannis is it, it really health is such a play will, will play such a big part in it. Giannis, you can never count him out because he's such a stat sheet filler. Um, but yeah, Steph is, is a favorite for good reason. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. 
Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. All right, let's look at rookie of the year. Uh, if you go to WinBet, Scotty Barnes is the favorite right now at plus 225, uh, which is interesting because I've, I've checked some other books and, and you have Evan Mobley is the the favorite elsewhere. Kate Cunningham, you'll see atop the list. But it's it's a pretty tight race right now between four guys, those being Barnes, Mobley, Cunningham, and Jalen Green. And then you get a, get a big gap down to the Chris Duarte, Josh Giddy, Franz Wagner, Jalen Suggs uh, tier of, of kind of secondary rookies. But this feels like a really exciting, fun rookie class, especially at the top. Um, to me, it, it's pretty tough to parse between Barnes and Mobley. Uh, I think Green's been a little bit disappointing in terms of the efficiency, but if you watch that Rockets team play, if you watched him play uh, with the G League Ignite, not terribly surprising you know, that he's not shooting 50% from the field uh, with the way that, that his game goes. But we're starting to see Kay Cunningham play really well, had a triple-double the other night. He started to settle in. Um, you know, Whether you want to look at the odds or, or just which rookies have impressed you most so far, uh, which of those guys have you most intrigued you know, through about 20% of the season? I like Cade Cunningham just because his usage is so immense. Um, and and when you have, um, you know, a guy who, like you said, you're seeing the you're seeing the assists and the rebounds start to 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 bounce up a bit and and tick up a bit. Uh, you expect for him and Jalen Green, really all these guys for the efficiency. That was what was most impressive about Evan Mobley was just how efficient he was. He's playing big minutes, but his usage wasn't nearly what you're seeing from Cade Cunningham. Um, the injury was brutal there. Uh, I still think he's, as long as he comes back in, you know, uh, within the month, uh, I don't know his exact uh, prognosis of when he'll be back, but I think I read it was you know, about a month to six weeks of an injury. Mm-hmm. Um, he's going to be in the mix. To me, I, I would put my money on Cade Cunningham strictly because, again, of the usage, and he's just been more efficient so far. Jalen Green 30, shooting under 38% from the field isn't going to cut it. Is it possible that he explodes later in the season? Absolutely. Um, but I think I prefer Cunningham in this spot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think if you're betting it, Cunningham is the safest play. If you look back at who's traditionally won this award, you can essentially just tally up like rebounds plus assists plus points, and that player tends to win it. And I think Cunningham is probably going to have the most well-rounded averages when all is said and done. Um, I, I think his, his number took a an unnecessary hit too by missing those first few games of the year, you know, and at the same time, Mobley starts playing really well. Barnes is playing really well. Um, and I, I think he was set back, uh, unfortunately by that injury. And now we're being reminded why this guy was essentially uh, the consensus number one pick in this draft. You know, you yeah. mentioned it with green. Like I, I wouldn't be surprised if Jalen green goes on, you know, an Anthony Edwards, like second half run, you know, where it's easy to easy to forget now, but like at this juncture of last season, Anthony Edwards looked like a potential bust. You know, I think there were a lot of concerns about the scoring efficiency, the decision-making, and then he hit about the 30-game mark, and we started to see, okay, this is why this guy was so highly regarded. I would not be surprised at all if Jalen Green has a turnaround like that. 
I think he may have dug himself a big enough hole, though, that at the end of the season, you know, when you're tallying up 75 games, I, I don't know that the numbers are going to be as impressive as maybe some of his best nights would would imply. I think you look also look at the defensive numbers for Cade Cunningham. He's had multiple steals in yep. four straight games. So he's filling it up across the board. Um, so I, I, again, I like what he's done to me. Jalen green's got a long ways to go. There's just every across the board. He's been underwhelming in comparison to these other guys. Um, you know, the, the rebound and assist numbers aren't there. The efficiency is terrible. You know, the scoring isn't, isn't really there. He's not getting to the free throw line consistently. Um, so yeah, uh, the, to me, Kate Cunningham is the easy choice when you consider the usage and already what he's done so far. So I want to skip defensive player of the year. Uh, I, I just don't feel like there's a great discussion there. It, it seems like we're debating between the same three or four guys, uh, every year, but if you want to jump in on that, feel free. I would prefer to move to most improved player because for the second straight year, I, I think we have a really, really fun debate brewing. That's going to go up and down throughout the season. Um, right now you have John Morant, Miles Bridges, and Tyler Hero as the top three favorites on WinBet. Um, but, you know, we haven't even mentioned Jordan Poole, DeJounte Murray, uh, Anthony Edwards, OG Ananobi, off to a great start. Uh, and certainly some other players will work into that mix. But uh, looking at those top three guys specifically, Morant, Bridges, and Hero, do you have a favorite out of those three? Yeah, Bridges makes sense. His scoring is up nine points per game. Um, but... I don't know. There's there's so many guys that you could pick from. This season's so young that it, it feels like it's hard to, you know, I love Deontay Murray. You talk about, again, usage, efficiency, all that. I mean, that guy fills up a stat sheet on every night. Um, if we like Bridges, you know, why not throw LaMelo, LaMelo Ball into the mix there? Um, you know, his scoring's up from 16 to 19. Assists and rebounds are up from six per game to eight per game. So, He's this guy's in the ballpark of flirting with a triple double on a nightly basis right now. And um, uh, this Hornets team is a whole lot of fun. And while, yes, British has been good, that LaMelo is the engine there, um, you know, to where Terry Rozier is sort of like a secondary scorer now. Uh, rather, you know, and it's, it's all about LaMelo and he's done nothing but impress. And he came into the league, I guess, and played well. He we won the rookie of the year award last year. Right. I have that right. Correct. Uh, yes, I believe so. Um, and he's just done nothing but get better. So I think he should be in the mix as well. I'm surprised he's down at 50 to one. That, that number to me does not make a lot of sense. I, I think if, if you can consider John Morant you know, as the favorite at plus 250, I, I feel like they've kind of made similar leaps. And, and granted, Morant's been in the league one more year. And there's not a lot of precedent if you look back for players winning this award in their second season. The only two who've ever done it uh, are, are Gilbert Arenas and Monte Ellis. So it would be extremely elite company if Lamelo was able to join them. Um, I, I don't know if maybe there's just a some sort of voter bias against that where, you know, they don't really count your rookie season as, as the improvement that you make inherently. Uh, but yeah, I, the difference between Moran at plus 250 and Lamelo at plus 5,000 to me, um, I, I would not be shocked if in a few weeks or a few months, Lamelo Ball is in the top two or three in this discussion because he's just been that good. Yeah, I agree. And Jaws deserving me. He's carrying that team. He's scoring up from 19.1 to 25.1. A six point boost is a lot. And that's significant. And the, the field goal percentages uh, reflect that going from 45% to 50%. Um, so he's much more efficient. And the three point percentage has gone up almost 7% uh, from a year ago. So he has been tremendous. I just think for me, the conversation with, I guess if you're going to 
if he's the odds on favorite to be most improved, you know, why not, why not throw a, a Hail Mary at him being MVP as well? Cause you just, with injuries mm-hmm. and stuff, you never know. And um, right. you know, if, if Memphis can find a way to make a playoff spot or earn a playoff spot and avoid a play in game, a play in tournament, you know, Jock could be in the mix. So um, yeah, given the, the foundation he's laid to his season in terms of one, they're winning games, uh, you know, to where they're in the playoff picture and two, his numbers are already off the charts. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I think that could be a worthwhile, worthwhile uh, lottery ticket. Yeah, and for what it's worth, Morant certainly fits the profile of the player who typically wins most approved player. If you look at the last seven winners, it's all guys who went from being really good already to bona fide all-stars. You know, Julius Randle, Brandon Ingram, Pascal Siakam, Victor Oladipo, Giannis Antetokounmpo, CJ McCollum, Jimmy Butler. Like, none of those guys really came out of nowhere and just had, like, one great season. It was all right, we're already really good. And then taking that game to another level, that's that's what kind of makes me back off of Bridges because he's he's the candidate that goes from like pretty good role player to all of a sudden borderline all-star. Whereas Morant, I think, fits the profile of the recent winners. Yep, agreed. All right, let's look at coach of the year. Um, two favorites at the top right now, Steve Kerr and Billy Donovan. I'm seeing Steve Kerr at six to one. I'm seeing Donovan at seven to one. Yeah, you, know, you have Spolstra at eight to one, Wes Unseld at thirteen to one in Washington. To me, right now, this feels like a, a two-man race between Kerr and Donovan. And I don't know, maybe I just have a short memory, but this this feels like a, a really compelling coach of the year race for this early in the year. Like I feel like in a lot of years, both of these guys would be the runaway favorite so far. What am I missing? Where's Monty Williams in all this? He's thirteen he to one. Won the award last year. I, I, that's the why I don't think he could win it this three. year. They've won twelve in a row. They were too good last year. I don't. I, I don't think he can win it. I, this one all, oftentimes functions as like the most improved player award, right? Where you, you have to like almost be bad the year before and make a big improvement. Like I think the Suns, if, if they finished with the same record as last year, I, I don't know if Monty gets credit. I think he should have won it a season ago. But if if he had won it, okay, I hear you. But that sure. logic goes out the window when he got snubbed a year ago. Not taking anything away from Tibbs, mm-hmm. but. That logic goes out the window and awards happen all the time where it's sort of like a a career achievement award or like a cumulative award. And I think I'm okay with that. You look at, I mean, Josh Allen going into week 11 was the the betting favorite to win NFL MVP. You can't tell me his numbers were any better, if at all, than, than other quarterbacks in the league, Tom Brady, Kyler Murray, Dak Prescott, whomever, Lamar Jackson. Uh, But I think it was sort of an acknowledgement of, man, this guy could have won it last year and he didn't. Sure. Um, so I don't, I, I can't believe that in the, the odds you just listed off, Monty Williams isn't there because to me, it, even, especially if you're in the camp of, oh, Phoenix overperformed, they were a fluke, one and done. They're not going to be back. I mean, it, it, you say they were too good last year, but it's not like they went into this season as the odds on favorite to win the Western conference or an NBA championship. Mm-hmm. Um, and I get Steve Kerr, Yes, but like to come on, that to me that's so tired. Where he deserves tons of credit, but I'm I would way rather than forego him winning the award again and giving mm-hmm. it to Monty Williams, who to me has transformed a perennial loser in the in the absolute dumpster basement of the league, really mm-hmm. embarrassment of the franchise for a long time, and he has made them a powerhouse in the Western Conference yeah. and a team that's set up for what seems to be um, a, a sustainable run with centerpieces of DeAndre Ayton and, and Devin Booker. I just don't know how you don't consider him as, you know, in that, in that two man race you mentioned as a mm-hmm. third candidate. 
Look, I'm with you. I, I think, like I said, I think he should have won it last year. But the way the award functions is you, you, you kind of have to sneak up on people. And and maybe, you know, maybe they do kind of give him like a two year accumulation. If, if they finish with like 60 wins this year, he's certainly going to have a case. I also think a lot of people credited Chris Paul, you know, the arrival of Chris Paul for the turnaround, uh, whether that was right or wrong. I, I think I, I think some of that credit was spread around between Monty and CP3. Yeah, I guess you can't credit Chris Paul and then say it's all Steve Kerr when Steph Curry is going to be the MVP of the league yeah. and Draymond Green is going to be the defensive player of the year. Yeah. Um, so if you're going to play that game, you've got to play it across the board. Now, if if the Bulls end up with a top three seed in the Eastern Conference, all the way here for Billy Donovan because that was an experiment. I don't know if if many people expected to work that Jimmy not, uh, not Jimmy Butler but a uh, Demar Derozan trade. I think was a leap of faith in some people's eyes is how is this really going to work with another ball dominant guard pairing with Zach Levine? You just took Kobe White in the first round you know, last year in the draft. And um, what is that going to look like? And again, so far it's been really good. So I get him being there, but mm-hmm. I just don't think you can have a conversation about Steve Kerr being a, a, the leader in the clubhouse for coach of the year when Monty Williams it, to me is just as, if not more deserving. Yeah. I, I don't love the, the current narrative. Uh, like you said, I mean, if you if you have the MVP and you have you know one of the best defensive players in the league, and the operation kind of runs itself at this point, uh, not to take anything away from him, of course, but you know I, I don't know that this has been like a super hands-on uh, type of job for Steve Kerr. I, I think Donovan is the more traditional winner. Like if, if I'm putting money down right now, it's going on Donovan at seven to one. When you look at the history of how this award tends to go, um, but that brings us to the end, man. I, I'm really glad this worked out, Joe. Glad to have you on the pod. Um, Tell the listeners where they could find you on on the Bet to Win podcast. When, when is that airing? How many episodes a week? Yeah, we are every Monday and Thursday. We have a lot of fun uh, and enjoy it. So uh, if you're in, enjoy the uh, the betting space, come hang out with us. Um, listen to the next podcast and wherever you listen to your podcast, come find Bet to Win. I'm on Twitter at Joe underscore Fan. Uh, and man, this has been a ton of fun. I was really looking forward to this, um, and I'm glad we were able to figure out a time that worked. Uh, I appreciate the invite and uh, letting me come on and talk hoops with you um, because I've loved it. Um, and I've, it's been a really fun conversation for me. Yeah, for sure, man. I'm really glad this worked out. I'd love to have you on anytime. I know you talk a lot of football, but, you know, once NFL season winds down, we can jump into some more basketball and you know, maybe in a month or so, once we get some updates on these odds, we can dive back in. Sounds good, man. I look forward to it, Nick. Thank you so much. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.